0: We have reached episode number 30 of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast. Today, we are looking at divorce through the eyes of a professional therapist. Check it out.
1: Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. All
0: right, welcome to episode number 30. Can't believe we're here already. Number 30, a nice round number, and I hope to have 30 more coming your way. So today's episode, I have a special guest for you, Daniela Bloom. Now, after ending her 16 year marriage with three young children, Daniela has become an open book with her own divorce transitioning experiences, navigating the dissolution, the legal system, co-parenting with a difficult ex, dating again successfully and birthing a brand new purposeful career while unapologetically blooming where she is planted now. With over 70% of divorces filed by women today, in which 90% of these ladies hold four-year college degrees, there's a major disconnection going on in the current long-term relationship system here. Daniela's passion is to bridge this gap, help men and women both get back to their full potential and love and life. Now, back in the dating world herself, Daniela is living her 20s. In her 40s with some very delicious, high-quality healing experiences of her own, she generally loves helping people and divorced men and women get back on track for online and offline dating and relationship success today. Without further ado, it's my uh, extreme uh, happiness to welcome to you guys, Daniela Bloom. Daniela, thank you so much for coming on my show.
1: Oh, I am so happy to be here, Jason. Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. And... Um, for those people who are not super familiar with you, give us a little bit of background about, you know, who you are and kind of how you got to this point.
1: Absolutely. So I am a psychotherapist and transformational coach. I have been working decades with men and women, um, specifically on, um, law of attraction and dating, believe it or not. And then, um, three years ago. I made the difficult decision to step off the marriage platform myself. I have three beautiful young children and, um, this whole divorce process has given me, um, a lot of content and, um, perspective that I bring to the new career that I've birthed. I do regular groups with men and women, um, called divorce diaries and workshops and, um, it's amazing the stories that you hear and the common themes that come from them and sometimes the naivety of the process um, that considering that divorce is such an epidemic, you would think it would be at this point so much easier, but there's still a lot of, a lot of hurdles to overcome.
0: Yeah, and, and you are personally now experienced in uh, divorce too, correct?
1: Yes, I like to say I've seen it all and have been through it myself uh you know you can be you can i am a psychotherapist by training but i've never been through a divorce so everything has been um new and first time and will only will be my only time i hope so <laughs> and um, <laughs> um i feel like um that's why a lot of people turn to uh coaches not just psychotherapists because they want people who've been through it who get what they've gone through who understand the pain points and i feel i can have a very authentic point uh, point of view because there's definitely things I could be doing better. Um, there's things I've learned that have helped. And so I present my journey really as an open book.
0: And, and that's what this episode is, is really about, I think. And, and you're going to share some of your your tips from a personal perspective. And I think, you know, you can't help but overlap as a, with your professional experience and, and kind of melding the two. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Working with somebody, let's say in a psychotherapy context, before you went through your personal divorce, um, you know, you're approaching everything from a certain point of view as a professional and you're working you know, with your client to get work through these issues. But then once you experience them yourself, it's a whole new perspective. And do a lot of new things come to light? you know, now that you've gone through a divorce yourself, that you apply professionally when you help others?
1: Well, I mean, it definitely takes two to tango. And, you know, 16-year marriage, I don't feel as a failed marriage. We produced three beautiful children. And in that marriage, there's a lot of things you overcome. But with any relationship, the only way it's sustainable for long term is if both the partners grow and adapt to circumstances. And so when I would work with couples and one person would have an addiction or there would be a personality conflict or some other issue, it's very clear that two people have to be willing to be accountable for their side of the street and put the relationship first. And, and for many years, we were able to do that, um, but not it, it, in the last five years, um, it's proven not the case. And... You know, that's okay. I do believe that um, just like people are brought together by divine coincidence, um, people are meant to also break up because it's called a break up, not a breakdown. And we're very lucky to be in a country that, especially as women, that gives us, like, affords us this opportunity to say, "When enough is enough.
0: Yeah, no, it, we live in a country where if one person, one spouse – doesn't matter who it is, wants a divorce, um, whether the other spouse wants one or not, that's not really their choice. And so you're going to get divorced. Um, and and I think that's the way it should be, um, because in, in other countries and different religions, you know, you have to get the consent uh, of yeah. your spouse to get divorced. And yeah. that just presents a whole another host of issues we won't get into now. But <laughs> right. <laughs> like, exactly. right, you know. It's it's your freedom, and, and I say everybody, it goes for both sides, you know, I think most people just want to be happy, right? And, yeah, and,
1: and, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, we should, I, I, ideally, we should be in a society where, it, first of all, the word divorce is so ugly. You know, I like to say you, you, get, you get married, you can get unmarried. And, you know, it's so common now that it really, there shouldn't be any reason why families cannot... Modern families can't successfully co-parent and still have love and respect for each other, even if they're no longer romantically a couple. That would be my ideal world. (laughs) But of course. um,
0: And it it happens all the time. I mean, you don't hear about it It
1: it, it does happen. It does happen. I just wish it was more the norm.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it it should be, ideally. Because just because the marriage fails um, and and you two are not, uh, you know, good in that capacity as husband, wife, or or spouses, or what have you, it doesn't mean if you have children, you can't be great parents to the children.
1: And it really is about being able to put the the needs of the children first. But I'm just shocked at sometimes how that the opposite happens because ego gets in the way and vengeance and anger and, you know, limited skills. And, you know, it's and and then you bring in the court system and the attorneys and it's just like, adults behaving badly.
0: <laughs> or or sometimes I like to say adults behaving like children.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. It, it's it's funny and sad how that dynamic often plays out, too often plays yeah. out.
1: Yeah. But it's shockingly so. It's And it's so much wasted money and stress.
0: Yeah. That's why I got out of it. Um, that's yeah. why I, I literally quit being a divorce attorney because I didn't want to be part of that dynamic anymore. Uh, and well, I, I give to help you credit
1: for describing yourself as a divorce attorney because a lot of people get it twisted when they say I'm in family law which is very misleading. <laughs> well,
0: family law yeah. covers an umbrella of things, you know. Yeah. But uh you know, divorce yeah. attorney is uh right more to the point I suppose.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, so so let's talk about some of the some of the things that you've experienced going through a process this process now and You know, you also have the professional psychotherapist background to kind of, you know, almost self-analyze what has happened. And like, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that you have dealt with uh, that are part of the divorce process?
1: It's such a great question. And like I shared with you earlier, I wish I had a podcast like this to listen to when I first filed. Um, I actually made a podcast of my own five days after I filed for separation. And in that podcast, I said, you know, we're not going to be one of those couples who makes attorneys rich for no reason. And we're going to, we're going to co-parent and I, I'm going to be his wing woman and he's going to be my wing man. And we're just going to evolve into a different relationship. <laughs> no. It's very sad to say that that is not at all what has happened Um, it's been almost three years and we're just now um, upon the time uh, of a signed judgment and I think one of the things that I had wish I really understood more clearly at the beginning of the process um, and I'm still learning it now is I think, from my perspective, from my situation, and, I, and I, like I, like I, like I, we've said, everyone's situation is different. So I don't, I'm not speaking for everyone and everyone's experience. This is just my experience. Um, when a woman files for divorce with young children, it's there must be a major reason, and it usually has to do with either addiction, or a mental illness, or physical abuse or something significant for her to want to leave her spouse. Um, But a lot of these women, including myself, have this idea that the ex will have a eureka moment and want to come back. Now, if you come with that energy to an attorney's office, they just don't know what to do with you. Because attorneys are often one of the first people that you see when you are you know, you have no idea what's happening. You know, you're, you're, you barely know how to file the papers. Uh, you don't know what to do next. Um, you know, if you should, if you had to find a mediator and, and is, should you be afraid if you don't do something in time, could he write paperwork and you're dealing with children and custody that, um, so when you hire an attorney, you know, they're not, they don't, they're not trained for the emotional stuff. They want to, they want to fight for you. They want to do the best for you, but you're, for me, I was, you know, raw and my boundaries were low and I was a mess. I I didn't want to fight. I wanted it to be amicable. I wanted to just um, not ever go to court and just do everything through mediation. But in the meantime, it, it takes two people to mediate, two people to be friendly. I was dealing with an ex who did not want to be fair and did not honor his words and his commitments. And I just couldn't see it. I was in denial. And so I kind of, you know, I hired, they say hire a bulldog attorney and I hired this bulldog attorney who wanted to be a bulldog. And I kept stifling him because I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to go to court. Tell him we want to mediate. And, and my attorney got frustrated with me. He's like, am I your attorney or his attorney? Right. And, and I think, um, you know, cause you're, you know, as, as women, you know, we say to every narcissist, there's a codependent and as a codependent, um, which myself, you know, many women find themselves in this, in this dysfunctional duo, we want to compromise and have compassion. And, you know, he's just angry because he's upset. And um, in the meantime, you're not being proactive. You're not being, um, you're not seeing things clearly because you're not, your amygdala brain is triggered. And that's a, that's a different part of your brain than the logical, the numbers and facts than documenting. And I think um, I really needed like a crash course in separating what my hope addiction is to what the reality of the situation was.
0: Now, did you ever engage in, in marriage counseling before you hired your attorney?
1: Yes, we attempted marriage counseling several times. And I have to say, there's, there's some, not all marriage counselors are fantastic, but we did have a great one towards, right before I filed. And, uh, and she was a great support. Um, but if someone doesn't want to hear the reality of something, even from your own therapist's perspective, it's tough, Yeah, you know, cause you just, you want, you want for the sake of the family. I, I truly believe in putting the children's best needs first, which means if the, the father's less angry, it's easier to co-parent. But that was, that was an, um, a delusion of mine, you know, because it, it, it takes two people and you cannot take away someone's anger or pain you have to really accept where they're at and go forward with that information
0: that that really is so true and the reason i asked that question was because when i was representing people and a client who could be the the husband or the wife or doesn't doesn't matter who would come to me in kind of that state that you describe where you know they're just beaten down, but they're not sure what they want to do, and they're not even sure how to proceed or they think maybe there's some chance of reconciliation i was um, i don't know if I'm one of the few I, I think i'm it's more rare than common, but as the uh, divorce attorney, I would always try to encourage if there was any any possibility of reconciliation to have them explore that before you know, anybody filed anything or the divorce officially started through attorneys Um, because I I always, if there's a chance it could work out, I wanted to see it work out. Um, And I wanted them to feel like they gave it their all before they decided that a divorce is the right thing to do for them. And so that's why I asked that question. Because I know most attorneys don't do that, and most attorneys- No,
1: they don't, Jason. I think that's probably why you didn't last. <laughs> 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 they don't. And I, and I wish they did. I really wish they did. I wish they first came to their clients more as human beings before we went into the journey of, of, of the legal stuff, you know?
0: Right, because if you hire, and I coach on this, you know, choosing the right attorney for your divorce is so important- Um, and sometimes a bulldog is necessary, uh, but many times it's not. But if you hire a bulldog when you don't need one, you know, you're going to get one. And then, um, in your experience, you, you, you see what happens. They are, you know, when you say let's mediate or let's try to do something amicably, they look at you like you're nuts.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, the truth is we had tried mediation and our own mediator turned to me after my ex left and said, He's not going to listen to anyone but a judge. You got to get yourself a good attorney. So it was her encouragement because she knew my ex and she knew what our process had been like at her recommendation. I felt like, well, I should listen to her, you know? Yeah. And that might be, um, true. Yeah. yeah, but still it's, um, it's really, it's, I, I it was a very rude awakening. Um, and, uh, I just wish there was more of a buffer that people really knew what they were getting themselves into. Because if you're dealing with a high conflict personality, things can only escalate and get out of control. And all of a sudden your retainer is gone in the blink of an eye. Yep. And, and, and over nothing like over emails and paperwork, like there's not even resolution. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And, you know, and I, and I do think, um, you know bill eddy i am am a big fan of are you familiar with his work
0: I, I i know him but i don't i'm not i wouldn't say i'm super familiar with him
1: so he's wonderful he a, he's he's an attorney he's a mediator and he's a social worker and he specializes in high conflict personalities and he has um a, a great book called splitting and 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 he uses this formula called biff like when you're speaking to high conflict be brief informative friendly, and firm when you're speaking, which we can go into that. But why I brought him up, he says that 90% of courses in family law with divorce have nothing to do with legal issues. So if you were in the courtroom, you're not there really for legal matters so much as you're dealing with a very angry or um, mentally limited individual. And And it can take one or both to do that. Right. So that's and that's just it you know um so if you can avoid the court system do it because it's like a free-for-all i mean it's like a gladiator (laughs) like i mean anything goes in the courtrooms and you know that the in la you know the the system is so saturated with so many cases you know the judges are overworked and they look at you like okay the fact that you can afford an attorney you're fine, I'm just gonna split it down the middle and go to the next case. <laughs> you no, know? it's just, it's, um, it's a crazy crash course in family law. And that's why when I hear this expression in the best interest of the children, I laugh because the best interest of the children would be to not be in this mess and to settle out of court in an amicable way. But if you're not able to do that, it's like, what is the alternative?
0: Well that's that that's the inherent conflict, right? And I always tell people the court going through the courts is the last resort or should be your last resort because there's a lot of a lot of problems with with divorce courts all over the the country. They're slow, they're overburdened. um, and the last person that you want deciding your life for you on these intimate personal issues including custody and and even you know whether you can stay in your own home or not and all these things is a judge who has no relation to you and you know doesn't in all honesty doesn't really care um you know that's the worst possible position to be in because at the end of the day no matter what the judge decides nobody's going to be happy um and it really kind of never ends and continues on after that but like you said earlier it takes two and um, sometimes and the only thing you could do, and you said this also, uh, Danielle is you can only focus on you, right? And control your actions. You can't control what's, what your husband's going to do or what anybody else is going to do. And you can't make him be uh, the dad that you hope he would be or should be. And a court really can't make somebody do that either. And so,
1: No. And that's the other thing. I'm so sorry to cut you off. I just, I, this is another huge thing and maybe it's different um, where you are in New Jersey, but one of the major things you see is, is disparaging and verbal abuse. Um, and I have documented and I've done all these things and I've had attorney after attorney tell me it means nothing unless it's physical or sexual. There's no way to, um, it's, it's, it's a moot point. And emotional abuse with children, when there's disparaging remarks, is could be even more damaging than physical abuse. And there were just things about the court system that I learned that, like, even if they were the truth, there was really nothing to be done. Because if you do one thing, he could do something else. And then, so you, it's like, it's, it, and you, and, and I, and I always wanted to choose the path of least resistance. Like, the sooner we can get divorced, the sooner I can, you know, be build up my kids resilience and, and get my life back. And thank goodness I do have majority custody, but in the meantime, it's like, there's nothing holding them accountable with that regard.
0: Yeah. And, and that's, and that's part of the problem. If somebody wants to really drag it out or continue on, you know, with, you know, keeping you involved in the courts by filing motion after motion. There's not much you can do to prevent somebody from doing that. And and the biggest tool a judge, a divorce judge has is the ability to sanction for yeah. improper behavior or what they deem is, you know, uh, not acting in good faith or stuff like that. But the reality is most judges don't exercise that authority. And I don't know mm-hmm. why, really, because if if they were to, issue sanctions, let's say early on, if this, you know, at the beginning of the process, if one side or both uh, were just, you know, acting out and you could just see where this was going to be going, the judge can nip it in the bud and and money usually is the answer because whether you're dealing with a narcissist or just, you know, an a-hole who wants to make your life miserable and you know use up whatever assets you have so there's nothing to divide at the end if if the judge makes that person pay for your attorney one or two times usually that they change their tune because that's the last thing they want to do right
1: that's exactly right but everyone has told me you can only ask for attorney's fees at the end if you go to trial
0: well every state is different in that respect but new jersey yeah. for example if you file a motion you can ask for attorney's fees for that motion um, yeah, and you could do it a- along the way, but still, judges are resistant to really doing that unless it's just something really egregious. Um, but that's a way to control the, you know, if one side's out of control, that's really a way yeah. to control them and reel them in, and so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, in, in my case, actually, my ex wasn't filing motion after motion, but he would just do nothing. And his attorney would just perpetuate that because as long as he kept paying the attorney, he had no um motivation to settle. Even now he doesn't have a motivation to settle because it make he'll have to pay more in support. And so his attorney just would drag and drag and drag things. And I became self-representing for about nine months and we had a complete settlement written out that we pretty much all agreed with. And then his attorney went MIA and would not even respond to my emails or phone calls, which I found out that he has an obligation to do if I'm pro-per. But when I finally had to hire an attorney and I said, is there a way to ask for sanctions? Because his attorney is not responsive. He said the same thing, like, you know, no judge really gives sanctions, you know? Yeah,
0: unless it's yeah. the most egregious uh, yeah. violation, which I can understand and appreciate, but I think it's just an undervalued tool a judge has to keep it on track and keep people motivated, right? If, if you get exactly. sanctions
1: the so pay... Peg- there, so exactly. There's accountability. There's repercussions for bad behavior. There's right. some sort of fear with the attorney, too. Like, you know what? This is a pretty bogus allegation or or motion, there's there could be consequences.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um now we kind of started talking about attorneys um and you have an attorney and you said your your uh ex has an attorney um Mm -hmm. and how do you how do you find that attorney your relationship with your attorney throughout the process How have you found that overall? Has it been helpful, de-stressing, more stressing?
1: I mean, unfortunately, I have to say, I think the attorneys have been probably, besides my ex himself, the most stressful experience um, of the divorce. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how I consider myself a very high-functioning individual. Uh, I've started a brand new business in the last year, um, I'm, you know, my, I make sure my kids have all their needs, and I, and I can multitask extremely well, and I do these workshops. So for me to not feel in my power and not feel um, able to articulate to my own attorney, who's the most expensive um, thing I've ever had to spend on, <laughs> Um, it's a very frustrating position for me to be in. And I also, you know, got curious as to how I found myself in these positions and what I can learn from it and how do I empower others to not be, um, in these positions. And, and a lot of what you've said in your webinars has been helpful too.
0: Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But what is it about, because it astonishes me as an attorney, um, that, and I've had, don't get me wrong. And every attorney has, um, if you represent enough clients, it's inevitable. You, you, there are, there are some cases, some clients that the dynamic and the relationship is, uh, you know, creates an issue and the personalities don't, don't mix like you thought they would at the beginning. And there's a variety of reasons why the relationship can kind of go awry, but it astonishes me that, you know, as, the attorney client relationship should be one of the least stressful things in a divorce, you know, between you and your attorney because going through a divorce is stressful enough. Right.
1: Yes, Um, And the opposite has been true.
0: That you're stressing out the most about your, your own, your own attorney. So talk about that. Like, what is it that stresses you out? And can you identify like with? Yeah. I mean, I think,
1: um, I mean, with my current attorney, and, I, and this has happened before too. I think when you have a consultation and they see that you're vulnerable, they tell you everything you want to hear.
0: Red flag number <laughs> you know?
1: one. And um, they, and you feel like, oh my God, they understand me. And, and, they, and, and, they, and my current attorney said, you know, you're going to have to let go and trust me. And I said, you know, I, I want to do that more than anything. And I really believed it and I meant it. And so you have the, you, you have this, um, energy of, you know, I'm going to be represented properly. She understands me. She understands my case and you let go, which is exactly what I did. I let her take over. Now, when I started, when I started to see that there were things that she was doing that caused me concern, I didn't want to question her because I didn't want her to think that I'm questioning her expertise so I didn't bring anything up. I just actually did the opposite. I kept telling her how grateful I was and how much I appreciated her. And, um, you know, when things would drag, when once again his attorney wouldn't respond for over three weeks at a time and she had moved our court date, which was scheduled for April. I asked her to move it to June and she moved it to September without asking me or telling me, um, I just, I didn't want her to think I didn't trust her. Um, but then she w- you know, so there were things that began to happen. But granted, to be fair, she, more than the attorneys before, I one of the reasons I hired her was because she actually did have a good rapport with my ex's attorney. And I'm like, you know, he didn't respond to an aggressive attorney, he hasn't responded to me, maybe he'll respond to someone he has a, a rapport and a, and a respect with. Right um so she was able to talk with him they were communicating but things were just dragging and mind you when i came to her we already had a settlement agreement i mean there were things that had to be fine-tuned but we we had something we had already worked on why it was dragging
0: did she ever explain to you why it was dragging
1: she'd say things to me like i don't know jill hasn't responded that's that would be her response and, uh, you know, and and also like she would be very hard to connect with her over the phone. So as we, st- we, we, we finally got, uh, his agreement to a global settlement and now we had to w- uh, shift that into the writing of a judgment. And I just would, you know, I, I like to, ma- I've learned with attorneys, you know, you have to bullet point and, and. Don't give a lot of details and just get to the bottom line and get your questions. So I'm actually, I feel like, and I've only went by my own mini law school in this process and I'm really good now at getting to the point and asking my questions, but you get yourself in this dynamic where, you know, she is not even doesn't, doesn't not even respond on the phone. And I remember there were like seven weeks before I even spoke to her on the phone. But in the meantime, I have my bills, thousands of dollars. Um, and nothing has been processed. And it's very, you don't know, understand why, but I, I, don't, wanna, I don't wanna get frustrated with her because you know, attorneys have egos too. And, um, you know, and I think uh, you know, she had gone through her own divorce. And so I don't know if she, she, she clearly has her own triggers as well. I mean, we all do as human beings, we all have yeah. triggers. But I mean, I remember this is the exact tone I'm using with her. And I remember her telling me about something about how he's not obligated by law to reimburse for camp unless it's considered a childcare expense. So I said something like, oh, fine. Okay, let's just move on to the next question. And she had said to me, I don't want to be your punching bag. I don't want you to keep arguing with me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, I was so taken aback by that because I wasn't, uh, I was, in my mind, I didn't think I was she was being my punching bag and what I was arguing with her. I was getting information I had not known before processing it. It's all new to me. I'm not in this world of divorce And, and, and assessing it and applying it and moving on to the next point. But she was so easily triggered by that. I like conditioned myself to just be very calm. And like, so suffice it to say, I'm definitely not in the energy and position I'd like to be with my own attorney. And there's so much that is unsaid and on and i don't even ask me about bringing up my bill to her i'm am terrified to do that you know yeah, so yeah. i'm going to wait till the end so i feel like i'm not the only person cuz i've seen it in my divorce groups who finds themselves in the situation where they hire the attorney with the best of intentions and um and uh it, it it doesn't it doesn't turn out to be that way and they're just so scared to switch a, um horses and midstream because the truth is we do finally have a judgment granted it's been signed by my ex, but none of the other forms have been filed <laughs> and it's going to drag again. And we have, there's a potential court date in a few weeks, so I don't know what's happening there. It just feels, um, you know, if the other thing I wanted to say too, divorce attorneys have multiple, multiple cases, your case is not their priority. Understandably. But your case is your priority. It's what you think about in the morning. It's what you sure. think about when you go to sleep at night. So every single movement about it means everything to you, especially when you're dealing with children and money. And there's a disconnect there too.
0: Well, that's a, that's a great point because, and I could speak to that as a divorce attorney, right, you have a lot of cases that you're handling at the same time. And you touch i you know i'll just throw out a, a number you know 10 to 20 different cases let's say it could be in a day uh on on various things um and so and 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 of course your divorce is personal to you um and it is you and your life so it should be the most important thing to you. And your attorney is, is there as your advocate and you hire them to help you, but it doesn't have the same effect uh, on your attorney as it does to you, and it shouldn't. But there's that, there is that big disconnect. But I always felt that you know, I would always try to get back to my clients, um, whether it was email uh, or phone, some way, if they had a question or wanted to reach out you know, within 24 hours. That was kind of like my personal rule.
1: That's amazing. What? <laughs> that's amazing. That's how it should be.
0: Well, I think that's how it should be yeah. and, and yeah. you know now there's exceptions to to that, you know, whether you're away or you know you just had a, yeah. a crazy day, but by and large and but you shouldn't yeah. feel like you you shouldn't feel like you can't get in contact with your attorney and yeah. It, it's that lack of communication that bothers yeah. me you know,
1: totally. And you know, when you're dealing with that already with the high conflict ex and your own attorney that you're paying obscene amounts of money to, you feel that you're not, they're not in communication with you. You're feeling ignored or, I mean, just the tact alone, I'll give you an example. Like the judgment was supposed to be signed two weeks ago and there was no word of it being signed. And I, um, and it was supposed to be signed on the 31st. And on Saturday, the next day, I get um, a bill <laughs> and uh, and um, and then twelve hours later, I get an automatic bill. Now, um, I know that my attorney is the one who sent the bill because her um, current uh, paralegal left and then on Monday, when I write to her, you know I understand that there was no did um, did did we hear anything about the judgment? Let me know. Um, the next bill I got, the next response I got was another reminder to pay the bill from Saturday. Now keep in mind, I pay her in full on time every month. So there's no huge outstanding balance, but the lack of tact to send someone who is waiting that this is signed to send them three bills in a row, one bill with two reminders is just not tactful. It's like, it's really, there's such a disconnect there. And, uh, you know and i feel like and that's so it 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 imposes that stereotype that the attorneys are really just about the money you know and and this these are these are families lives
0: yeah it's 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 definitely a fine line that uh you you walk as an attorney uh you know, and from the client perspective too, because as the attorney you're running it's a business at the end of the day, it's a business, it's your business, it's your livelihood, right? just like yeah. um, you're a professional, and through your coaching and psychotherapy, that's your livelihood and and so you have these mechanisms in place to handle the business aspect of it all, but there's also a very heavy intensive you know personal and client driven like you know people skills part of it. And, and sometimes they don't, they don't work together the way they should. Mm. And um, so, yeah, the, the, there's, there's that disconnect sometimes, sometimes unintentional. Um, I don't, I, I won't speak for your attorneys cause I don't know her, but um, it could be any number of reasons why it kind of played out that way with the bills. But what I want to know from you, Daniela is, Because now you've experienced this firsthand. And like you said, you're not alone. Um, A lot of people, I speak to a lot of people who feel similar feelings about their relationship with their attorney. What tips of anything do you have for people out there on how to approach it, that relationship with your attorney? What would you do differently now, knowing what you know, if anything?
1: Well, I think to set the groundwork from the beginning, which I thought I did with my current attorney, but um, I think asking, and, and a lot of it comes from what, what you what you suggest in your webinar, if I can recall, but really getting clear on, you know, what your expectations of them are, you know, and um, that you would like to be in communication with within 48 hours, or um, that you're, you, you're, you really want to um, have uh, to, to know that they understand that you want this to be as expedited as possible. And if there's anything that you can do on your end, like m- on my end, you'd like to know what it is. You want to be um, able to be more in the driver's seat of your divorce um, in, in some circumstances. I know, like you said, not everything is in your control. You can't handle you know, a, a, an opposing counsel who's dragging or an ex who's difficult, but what can you do? So you don't feel at the mercy. I feel like they continue to have all the power. Um, and so, you know, get, getting comfortable at the beginning of being able to state clearly what your expectations are, I think is, um, is really hard. Is, is, it's not easy for a lot of people, you know, and a lot of is they don't like to be questioned. They want you to just give you a retainer and sign the contract and now shut up, <laughs> you know? Um,
0: there are those, definitely, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, so I think when you have someone who, like myself, who's taken the time to learn about the laws because it's so important, and I'm, and I'm by no means an attorney, um, but if, I'm, if I've heard from several different attorneys a different answer, to the same question, I feel like it's my right to be able to clarify with my own attorney. Um, without her taking it personally, that I'm questioning her intelligence, which I see a lot, not just with my attorney, but in the groups. Like, if you question your attorney, they think you're questioning their intelligence as opposed to just questioning the law just to learn something. Right. Um, you, know, it's, it, it, you know, considering that attorneys are trained to be so unemotional with their clients, they are highly emotional people. They are quick to anger. They are quick to get triggered. Not all of them. I mean, of course, there's you, Jason. But (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, it was, um, I just, I was hoping, I guess, because, you know, you grow up watching all these movies where like you'll have your day in court and you'll be able to, you know, I I had this idea that like, you know, once the judge hears me speak from the heart, I am not a greedy person. I want the best for my ex too. I'm not here to take all his money. I want him to live a very, good life because when he's more stable it's better for my children and like once the court hears that and you know everything will be fine and well it doesn't work like that at all once you hire return an attorney you can't even speak in court and they're writing your words and you know with my first attorney the bulldog he wrote my declaration and it was so not my language so aggressive and I so didn't feel comfortable with it I had I, I lost so many days of sleep but he's like, listen, the attorneys don't even read this stuff. It's they just want the bottom line. And so you have no choice but to trust them, you know, and, and and to be honest, you know, I am grateful for this first attorney because he in in the hall, which happens often in L.A., I'm sure it happens often in New Jersey, is when you break the deals when you're yep. in the hallway before the judge, because, you know, you're going to see the judge. So you might as well make a deal. So in that sense, sometimes it is okay to have a court date because you know there's going to be accountability. But this dragging is also torture.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and I and I totally uh, get frustrated. Even as an attorney, I often got frustrated with the, you know, sometimes you would be in court all day waiting uh, to get to the judge and trying to work out a deal, and it would just take all day when it really – At the end of it like why couldn't we have just done this in half an hour (laughs) um yeah you know what i think is so important is just that you know your experience is similar in a lot of ways to a lot of the listeners out there and you know you got to be comfortable with your attorney um you got to feel like you can talk to them and you know what they don't tell you they don't train you in law school at all is how to, you know, communicate with your clients, how to mm-hmm. empathize, how to be a human being, you know, and there's none of that. And perhaps there should be, but it, it's, it's just law, law, law. And then that's why you have just like doctors with bad bedside manners, you know, yeah. you have your attorneys with the same. And so that's why I always coach people, uh, you know, go on multiple consultations, uh, consultations at the beginning because not all attorneys are the same. And, and you really got to feel comfortable with who you have. And, and sometimes that relationship does change midstream and you got to deal with that. But um, I really appreciate you sharing your, your insights and your personal experience with uh, your divorce so everybody could hear it. So thank you.
1: Yeah. And just to piggyback on what you just said, you know, if an attorney was able to just simply say, this is hard. I I can understand why you're frustrated. Just that sentence alone. There's no need to counsel or 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 therapize or give direction. But just that validation and empathy alone, they would get so much further with their clients.
0: Yeah. No, you're right, and and that's when I would make my connection with my clients.
1: Yeah. Because uh, then you're likely to trust them more because you're like, oh, they they get what you're going through. They get your pain. It's not a therapy session. I mean, my, my attorney has said to me several times, you need to be in therapy, which I think is really condescending. Um, so I don't, I just, I just become a poker face with her. You know?
0: Well, I, I've said that many that times way. myself as an attorney, you know, I said, I, I've said that many times as an attorney, I said, and sometimes depending on the uh, type of case, I would force my client to be in therapy. Um, throughout, because I, I knew what was going to come down the road. And I said, you need to be in the best possible shape to do this. And, you know, I'm not a therapist, I can I'll talk to you as much. No, as I
1: mean, no, I understand. In that regard, you're, you're, you're coming from an energy of, you know, helpfulness, like you need a therapist on your team, it's, yeah. it's going to be helpful. But in this instance, it wasn't told to me in that way. <laughs> right? No, I get it. <laughs>
0: I get it. <laughs> Danielle, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you on again because I want to have a whole episode dedicated to, to your coaching and, and relationship business and, and what you do because what you do is you focus on the happier side of divorce, which is after the divorce, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, granted, I've, I've been going through this at the, in tandem. Like I've been getting back into my full potential again and life and love and doing these amazing experiences. At the same time, it's been taking me three years to get divorced, but that's just it. We are in new chapters, and it's like, now what? And it just because you a a marriage ends, doesn't mean the pieces just get put back together again. Um, And so I do help, my passion is to help men and women get back on track to their full potential in love and life. And especially when it comes to dating and relating again, you don't want to carry on these, patterns and self-sabotage into the next relationships
0: and and i'm gonna have you on a another episode where we can just talk about that entirely
1: So fun Um, i love it
0: yeah absolutely (laughs) but for people who want to get a head start and learn more about you where can they find you
1: sure well my website is uh and it's bloom spelled b-l-o-o-m bloom where you're planted. And, um, if you sign up, I have, um, some great free videos and resources. Um, my video, the manifestation foundation really helps men and women get back into their energetic power again. So they're, um, just where they want to be. And you know, if you're in the LA area, you're welcome to attend one of my many regular in-person groups for men and women. And also, Um, I'm not sure when this is going to air Jason, but I do have a retreat at the end of October for uh, it's international. People are coming from Canada the last weekend in October for just women only, uh, called the woman renewed retreat. And it's for single married and divorced ladies to get back on track to their full potential again in love and life. And I I know I'm a psychotherapist, but I'm in LA so I can utilize the laws of attraction and energy and in here, it's so normal.
0: <laughs> yeah, La La Land.
1: Yes, everything goes in La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: you no, know, that's great. And, and um, we will make sure that this gets aired before, uh, before October in the retreat so people who are interested may, may be able to take advantage of that.
1: Yeah, and for women, too, um, I have a close private Facebook group called Divorce A Diaries. That's a lot of fun, too. A lot of candid videos, resources. We're always finding the fun and dysfunction.
0: <laughs> so, I, so I can't join that group? Is that what you're saying?
1: No, you can't. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> Son of a gun. All right, <laughs> yeah, Thank you so much for coming to do, on the show. I' may be able to do uh, a, a, like a guest uh, Facebook live because I definitely want people to know you, Jason. I'm so in support of what – I mean, I wish I met you a few years ago. It would have been game-changing for my process. Uh, you are so unique in what you do. And I mean, I want to share, share, spread the word too.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I can't tell you how often people say, I wish I had you for my divorce. I, say, yeah. <laughs> I said, well, that doesn't help me now.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate it. And I'll be happy to uh, do a cameo in your, your group if you if you would like that. That'd be my pleasure. Um, and thank you for coming on my show. And I can't wait to talk with you more about... Um, you know, what you do as far as your, your coaching and relationship stuff. Awesome. All right. Thank you. All right. I hope you liked that episode. I thought that was pretty fascinating. We got a kind of a bird's eye view of what divorce was like from a professional therapist who was dealing with it herself. So it's always interesting to, to hear how people view certain things about the divorce process. But I thought this was extra interesting because here we have a professional therapist um, who's, you know, educated in coaching others, and she's going through a divorce herself, and how does she approach it, and what pitfalls in the process does she recognize and think uh, can be improved upon, and trust me, there are certainly things about the divorce process and the court system that can be improved upon. But that being said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Let me know feel free to shoot me an email jason at jasonlavoy.com uh and let me know if you'd like this episode and what other topics in the future you want to hear about so if you are interested in personal divorce coaching for your personal divorce check out divorce you you can check it out on my website jasonlavoy.com shoot me an email i will be happy to get on a short discovery call with you and talk about the different programs and how i may be able to help you but um Having a coach is an integral part of your divorce team, along with an attorney and a therapist, and perhaps some others. So, Divorce You is your personal guide uh, to divorce coaching for your divorce. Check it out. Also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. You get all new episodes when they come out, automatically, right now, every other Tuesday. In the meantime, all I'm gonna ask you to do is be strong, act confident, and stay positive I'm Jason Lavoie, a.k.a. The Divorce Resource Guy, and I'll be seeing you real soon.